In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. The book of Jeremiah is one of extremes. Judgment has already come to Israel. Now remember that after Solomon's death, what was the one nation of Israel is divided into two countries, Israel and Judah. Now if I were to list out a a list of the kings and queens of Israel this morning, you probably wouldn't recognize most of them. Most of them are not famous. By far the most famous couple is Ahab and Jezebel. The Assyrians conquered Israel and God's people are scattered across the empire. Judah, which is in the south and includes the city of Jerusalem, lasts for a little while longer. But now judgment's coming, and Jeremiah's prophesied about it. But this is not some prophecy that's going to take place far in the future. Jeremiah gets to prophesy, and then he has to watch as the Babylonians conquer Judah and besiege Jerusalem. He watches waves of his people be moved to Babylon and scattered across the empire. Names you might recognize. Names like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Mordecai. Jeremiah is eventually thrown into a pit, and then eventually kidnapped and taken with a group of refugees against his will to Egypt. But in the midst of all that judgment, Jeremiah keeps preaching that salvation is coming. I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Jeremiah lived to see the judgment against Judah come to pass, but God's people would have to wait a while to see the Messiah come. And Advent is a time of waiting. The church starts its new year off, not with, not with a series of busy things, but by waiting. In some ways, we're waiting for Christmas. We're waiting to celebrate the original coming of the righteous branch. Do you remember December's when you were younger? That time after Thanksgiving, the days would grow colder and shorter, and it became harder and harder to concentrate in school. And your mind would wander to Christmas break and Christmas morning. I'll I'll leave aside this morning all the prayers for snow days that issue forth at this time of year. But how school on those days seems to last forever. You get there in the morning, and then by the time you get out and get home, it's already almost dark. But you're waiting on that expectation, the expectation of a couple weeks off from school, the expectation of presents. What are you going to get? Are you finally going to get that Red Ryder BB gun, a Millennium Falcon, a pony, a pair of socks? And sometimes those daydreams of what would be under the tree were extravagant, impractical, Your parents were not going to buy you a Ferrari. But sometimes they came true. Do you remember the joy that you took in looking forward to everything? The presence, the fun, seeing all your relatives? I know that we often get nostalgic this time of year and remember those things and those feelings. And sometimes we go to extremes to recapture those feelings. But as you get older, the things we're waiting for change. We quit waiting necessarily for Christmas, and we start waiting for graduations. I just have to graduate high school. I just have to graduate college. I just have to get done with this course. Relationships, career, travel. And now as Christians, 
we still wait. And may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. But we're not just looking back fondly with nostalgia at Jesus' first coming during Advent time. We're also looking forward in hope to his coming again. There will be signs of the sun, moon, and stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming, for the powers of heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. People today are like people in times past. The signs of Jesus' coming are much more exciting than the person they're pointing the, 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 the person they're pointing to. Right? Signs in the sky, distress among nations, earthquake floods. How many times have you seen in a book, a TV, or a movie these events start to be played out with massive destruction? You know the end is near when New York City gets destroyed. But how many times has the end been averted by our plucky heroes? But while photogenic and impressive to the imagination, the signs aren't actually the end. They're just signs. They're pointing to the end. And in our culture, we're afraid of the end. The vast majority of our popular culture stops with the idea that the powers of heaven will be shaken. But all of these things will happen, and then it's lights out for humanity. It's all just over. But the end is not something to be feared. Why? Because then, then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Just like in Jeremiah's day, all the signs of judgment are once again pointing to our salvation. The psalmist knew it centuries before Jesus. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. My God, I put my trust in you. Let me not be humiliated. Not let my enemies triumph over me. Show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and reach me, for you are the God of my salvation. In you I have trusted all the day long. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and love, for they are from everlasting. Remember not the sins of my youth and my transgressions. Remember me according to your love and for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. And the glorious part of this psalm is that God did just that. He sent Jesus, and, the God, and God opened salvation, opened the door to those who were far off and to those who were near for all of us to be forgiven. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. And it's that hope that should guide us through Advent season. God is faithful. Jeremiah looked amidst all that was happening in his day and could point to the coming of the Messiah. And Messiah came. And now we look around in the midst of all that's happening in our day, and our focus should not be on the news. It should be pointing to the promise that he will come again. Just like in Jeremiah's day, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but he will come. And in the meantime, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love, one for another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. Let us agree with Paul this morning that as we wait for the Lord, our lives should increase and abound in love towards God, towards each other, and towards the whole world. Jesus having come and having promised to come again is the hope 
that we need to share with the world. Amen.